Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Apologetically Me. I'm Maggie. I'm Wanda. Today's episode is our relationship with our parents. Is it good? Is it bad? Tune in to find out. But before we get started, Wanda, tell the people what you got going on. So this week has been a very bad, no good, very bad week. Like, I don't know what that's a reference in, but I feel like that was like a childhood story growing up. It was a popular movie, like Alexander's No Good, Rotten, Stinking Day or something like that. Yeah, but take a day and make it into a whole week. Um, so first day, uh, Monday, last week, I get emails, uh, two emails to be exact, that both of my papers that I worked really hard on have been rejected with one of the papers, the one that I was working towards my thesis in, uh, with feedback that was basically too long, didn't read. So that one was not so great. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to quit my PhD. I like my job. I like what I'm doing currently. Maybe that's a path to pursue. And then on Tuesday, um, I had this sync set up on Monday. And I was like, this is kind of strange. It was only 15 minutes. With, it was with my manager. And I was like, hmm. What could this be? And I jokingly said the night before, I'm like, I can't, I believe that this is very ominous. Like, I don't know why there's no agenda, why there's no like title to the meeting or anything. And Jordan was like, yeah, you're probably getting fired or something. And I was like, no, I'm doing so well, though. Anyways, fast forward to the meeting. Uh, the morning of the meeting, I went to the gym and I came back and I saw this um, email from my CEO basically being, hey, we are not extending contracts, we are not doing this and this, and we are going to be letting people go today, but please respect the conversations that are happening and don't say anything to your coworkers until like 3 p.m. Eastern time. So I was like, oh no. Um, I messaged my manager being like, is like our sync today to talk about what happened in this email? And she did not respond to me for an hour, even though she was online. And she was like, I know this is stressful, but we will talk about it more in the meeting. I'm like, okay, let me let me go through all the possible options of like what could potentially happen. And I finally landed on they're probably not extending me into another four months, even though three weeks prior, they already said that they would get into the meeting. It was my manager, my director and an HR representative. And lo and behold, it was sorry, we cannot extend you at this time due to whatever reason that they didn't say. And in it, I had asked, what about the future of the co-op program at this company? And the HR rep said, we don't know at this time. Like, everything is still very much in the air. And that was it. And then afterwards, both my manager and my director were messaging me, letting me know that they're trying to set me up with, like, connections and everything. Um, for example, my director was like, I'm talking to other user experience directors in the industry right now. I'm trying to like set something up. Let me know if you see any jobs and if I have any connections, uh, like I'll try to help out. My manager has been introducing me to a ton of people being like, have you met Wanda? And so I have like four informational interviews set up, but I'm so scared. <laughs> Because I hate informational interviews. I hate networking. Um, having these one-on-ones with people that I've never met before is truly giving me great anxiety. Um, 
And that's kind of what I'm going through right now. I have my first one this afternoon with a manager who works at EA um, doing user research for The Sims, which is kind of cool. Um, but it's also like, uh, I'm not looking forward to this. I am so nervous and I'm so scared and I don't know what to ask. But anyways, okay, so moving on. Uh, then there's some stuff that my mom's going through with the city, with zoning bylaws and everything. So she's like panicking and like whenever my mom has an issue, this becomes like her entire world. Like this issue is like every, everything that she can think about and like nothing else matters to her except for this issue. And so she like pushes that onto me too, where she like makes me feel like this is like, like every, I must do everything I can do, like do to help her. But like in the end, okay. I, to summarize, though, I think I'm just going to let the river flow as it flows because the one piece of good news I did get that week is that my NSERC application, which is like this grant for the natural sciences from the government, which is 35K a year, um, I am moving on to step two, uh, even though the chances were very high because they were taking 63 people out of 70. So I only had to not be the seven people that didn't get their NSERC application move forward so very high chances but i got that and i was like you know what this is the universe telling me that i need to continue my phd so i am going to satisfy the universe and continue doing that and we'll see where that leads i, I am so sorry <laughs> <laughs> like you already told me this but you didn't tell me the stuff about your mom uh very on brand episode though but uh very sorry to hear um I'm glad your director and your manager are like setting you up for all these things. It's like a double-edged sword as it's helpful, but it's also like, do I really have to do this? Just give me another job. Yeah, that's, that's what I hate. The good thing is I cope by humor and not by falling into constant tears. So that has been good. And again, if you cope this way, I'm so sorry, but <laughs> I emotionally cannot deal with a lot of emotions um from other people because i don't know how to comfort them after a period of time like i get it the first time around but then if you keep having like a lot of emotions around it that i'm like oh, i don't know what to do anymore i understand that it's like i already said everything i had to the first time why are you doing this again i don't want to repeat myself it's awkward now you know i'm fake yeah, it's like, what? so like you said that you're that type. What would you want me to do in that situation? Um, honestly, nothing you can do. Nothing you can do or say to make me feel better. All you can just say is, sorry, it's okay. And just listen to me as I ran. That's it. Oh, okay. I can do that. Yeah, that's honestly it. Or if I ask you for an opinion, then you can say it. Or you can be like, hey, I feel like we're going down this route again. I already said what I said. But say that in a more gentle tone. I said what I said. <laughs> I like that. Or I don't like that Jordan was immediately like, you're going to get fired. I told them, I was like, you manifested this. You put this out into the universe and then it happened. But I mean, he did like go to work that day because like that was the day that like he likes to go in because his team does like sprint planning or anything. And I was like telling him about it like as I was like learning about it and like freaking out to him. Yeah. And he was like... And then I told him it happened. He's like, okay, I'm coming home. So that was nice of him. Yeah. So I got like 30 minutes of comfort, which then he immediately went back to work. Went back into the office? No, he went like, he like he continued working virtually. But like, 
Did he pick up a treat for you on the way home? He did. He picked up cinnamon rolls, but um, I'm not like a huge fan of cinnamon rolls. <laughs> but okay, so his thought process was that he wanted to pick up like cookies or something but he's like oh i want cookies so it has to be something that i don't necessarily want at this moment right now but not something that's like wanda will like this hmm. so it was like he was like i can't be selfish and want something i want so it had he was like i'm trying to take myself out of it and he just like picked a random snack i think <laughs> do you like cookies more than cinnamon rolls i do mm, jordan he also works near like one of my favorite like top five cookie shops and i was like oh like why didn't you just pick me up this place um and then he was like oh yeah it's the thought that counts okay so what's your update for this week my update unfortunately is that i feel like i have brain fog or like i'm just super sleepy all the time um and i think it might i think it was like a virus i had like i think we talked about it back in like october um when i had a really bad flu or cold i don't know what it was um but i didn't realize that it had affected me so much because i just kind of assumed i was lazy because i was like hmm i for some reason i'm sitting down and writing and nothing i write makes sense and i'm just kind of writing for the sake of getting it over with and like i read it back and it like makes sense but then i read it again the next day i'm like holy shit this makes no sense so i think i might have a case of brain fog and I didn't really put it together until I talked to Nick's mom last night and she was like oh my god I feel like so tired these days and I feel like I can't sit down and work because my I'm just so exhausted and I was like oh my god I get that way too and she was like yeah I think it was COVID like when you guys gave me something I think it was COVID and I was like I don't think I had COVID I think it was just a bad flu and she was like is the flu or the cold even real anymore or is it all just COVID oh my god did I have COVID I tested negative but she said those tests aren't like representative of that. So I don't know. I don't know. COVID twice in a year is brutal. Yeah. I like, I mean, I got a cold and I'm pretty sure it was a cold because I was like testing negative consistently. Um, so like, I think there's just a cold going around. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, remember feeling so exhausted after a cold. I, for some reason, I just thought I was super just like lazy. So I like tried to sleep more and then like I tried going to the gym more and like still super exhausted. Do you still have it now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I never mm -hmm. feel fully rested. I feel like Jordan would say the same, but I think that's a different, it's a different thing. It's unrelated to anything. It's been going on for his whole life, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is this just something that's been going on my whole life or is it only something I noticed recently? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm sorry for your brain fogginess and your exhaustion. I hope it's only temporary and I hope it goes away soon. I hope so too. We will see. Anyways, what's your beef or crush of the week? It's like my crush will be my manager and then as a caveat, also my director as well because they have been doing like a whole lot to try to set me up well i guess um for the future even though they have no need to do that like there's nothing like i never signed anything there was never like any kind of like you're like severely putting me out i mean kind of but like you know like it's not their responsibility it was like a company decision they had absolutely no control into it and but they're still like aggressively trying to help me out 
and like the other intern as well. And I really appreciate that because again, there's no obligation for them to do this. It's really just like out of the kindness of their own hearts. Um, and like my manager, especially because she's been very candid, I guess, um, throughout this entire process. And like, I feel like she was more upset last week than I was. Um, cause she, I asked her like, how long has she known? And she was like, oh, I found out like probably like four or five days ago. Um, so it was very shocking to her as well. And she was like, the entire time, I thought it was a joke. I thought they were going to tell me that, like, it was all going to be okay. And, like, this wasn't happening, but it never happened. And, like, basically, she's been, like, the divorced parent all week where, like, you're, you tell your parents are getting divorced. And then they say yes to everything that you want to do. Um, yeah. So that's been kind of nice. So we got some Uber Eats vouchers out of that one. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, she like basically has felt really bad like this like entire like time. And she's just been like, yeah, like I wish I could do something and just like both like actively doing things, but also being like, I wish I could have done more kind of thing. Um, so just like really, really appreciate her and being so candid with me about like every like the whole process and everything and like letting me know things that maybe HR probably was like, mm, maybe don't say this thing or like. Maybe, like, be more corporate about your responses about things and stuff. So, appreciate her and appreciate my director as well. <laughs> uh, what's your beef or crush of the week? My beef is, so, Love is Blind Reunion came out. Feels like ages ago. It's only been a week, but it feels like ages ago. And I feel like so much has happened. And I've, like, really had the chance to truly process my emotions. Let me walk you through my roller coaster. The first time, watch the reunion was totally on like Zeneb's side, Cole. Well, okay, when the wedding happened, I felt like that was definitely planned of Zeneb to like turn down Cole. She had like a whole speech prepared and everything. And like, she was kind of brutal to the guy. Like Bartiz at least like pulled Nancy to the side and like, let's talk about this. Zeneb just like laid it out there, like in front of his friends and family. And they were already kind of skeptical of their marriage. So like that definitely wasn't like a good thing to do. No one really deserves that. And then the reunion came around. She was like really double downing on that. And then Cole was just like, I regret going on the show. I regret so much stuff that I was such a horrible person. And then they played the cuties episode, the cuties part, the Clementine thing. And then I was like, oh shit, fuck Zenib. I'm on Cole's side processing that. And then afterwards I'm like, you know what? Like they were both just like, super flawed like no one was really the the villain in this story um Zeneb was very passive aggressive very um very insecure to a point where like distorted her views and Cole like he could have said nicer things he was like a little bit too nitpicky like he wasn't he was kind of insensitive like he'd say things about her looks the whole nine out of ten thing very rude so yeah I don't know Anyways, they're my beef. I feel like it sucks that it's blown up this much and that they're sides and that they could have been friends after all this. But yeah, it sucks. So if you had to like, do you think Cole deserved the like speech about how much he sucked at their wedding? And do you think he deserved like Zenob criticizing him again at the reunion? I think the speech was long overdue. I think 
you could see that like Zenob was for some reason putting up with Cole for a while. And it was only until wedding day where like this whole speech came out. And I feel like a lot of it was like Cole was surprised, I guess. I don't know if he was acting surprised or if he genuinely was because he was like, this is the first time I've ever heard of all this stuff. So maybe like Zenob never expressed it. Like she definitely has communication issues, but so does he. Um, so that speech was long overdue, but I think there's a time and place for it. Uh, and your second part was Zenob right to criticize Cole the second time around. Um, like she had her fair points, but the stuff about like how, like there's always two sides to a story, I guess. So she kind of exaggerated a little bit. And then I don't know like exactly what she said to the girls on the show, but they were like really going in on Colt, which I felt bad about because Bartise was right there and Bartise is the bigger shithole. So I don't know. Come on, Bartise deserved more hate. They just like let it slide. Yeah, I feel like because like Zedup went so hard on Cole, Bartise got like a lot of leeway because like their drama kind of took up all of it versus like um, with Nancy, she wasn't like super like fuck Bartise and like all the shit that he did and like everything and really go hard on him. Even though I believe 100% he deserves all the hate, even though he pulled her aside and told her she like way that she i don't know if this was acting i don't know if this was planned but the way that she was like oh he blindsided like you blindsided me bartiz like so was he like acting like he was going to say yes and telling her that he was going to say yes up until the wedding at which point he said no yeah but because he sent a shot to her remember like behind the scenes like let's do this baby so then she was like oh shit he's gonna say yes and she made it very clear like even on the wedding day when she sent like that little gift basket to him and i guess bartiste like panicked he was like oh shit i'm not gonna say yes nancy is very flawed i think like she is just it's like she wants to find love so badly that she was willing to be with someone like bartiste who disrespected her all the time way more than cole did to zenab i will say and then she just like let it slide with bartiste and just like went in on cole I think this is like a function of society almost in a way where she is getting like she's very successful. She is uh, getting older or what society considers to be older for a woman in age. And then you start getting these like it's more difficult for you to find like a partner, I guess, so that it's like you may be more willing to settle. And again, this is like not everyone's experience, but like I've had definitely my mom kind of tell me about like a coworker she was used to be close with who was like also like in her like early to mid 30s and she was like all she wanted to do was settle down with somebody and like that was her like end all like end all goal and she was like very successful like very nice person but then she was just like very like like a little bit insecure about her like skin color and stuff but also like again very successful very confident woman um but all she wanted to do was settle down with someone when will people learn that settling down will not make you happy yeah but i guess it's like if you want kids like she wanted kids like it's very difficult to have kids after a certain age so. But it's also very rude to your kid to settle down with someone you do not like and someone you are very unhappy with because then your par- your kids will see a very dysfunctional parents 
and have bad childhoods. That is very true. Yeah. I'm... I can't wait for the one year later reunion again. <laughs> Moving on to the topic of parents and dads and moms. Our topic is our parents, our dads, and our moms. How would you describe your relationship with, I guess, your parents as a whole? Mm, parents as a whole. It's very weird because, like, I feel like I cannot, for, like, the longest time in my life, my parents has, have never, I can't see my parents as a collective union. Um like they in my mind it's always mom and dad even though i don't call them that um but like so i don't know what they are as like as one you know like i can't i don't know how to describe them as like one unit no that's fair i think i echo that for my parents too um to be fair my parents are divorced um but hmm this would be a better topic if one of us had a loving pair of parents, like parents who loved each other and did everything as a union. Um, I'm not a nurse that is Christian, so <laughs> <laughs> clearly my parents did not love each other growing up. Yeah, I guess that's a good thing. Your parents are together. Yes. Um, but it's interesting that your parents who are together had the same dynamic as my parents when they were together because it's you know those like parents who don't divorce but they really should divorce yeah those are my parents it's a big asian thing because you don't divorce in any asian culture that i know of you bring shame to the family and all that stuff um but like that's the thing so like <laughs> sorry to like relate this back to the love is blind topic but like marriage is not like what it was before like it's not one of those like where you're tied together so much like you can leave and that's why like it's not like a yes you can say yes at the altar or whatever and you're married but it's like that's not a necessarily forever thing and like i understand that people do think about it as like this is a forever commitment but like i like to think about it as it's not forever. Like you don't, it doesn't have to be forever. Like you can leave a relationship. You can leave a marriage. And that is something that is available to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess it's hard for people to see at the time. Yeah. You're not like volunteering to be like fused together. Mm -hmm. Like, so there's always an escape hatch mm -hmm. now, nowadays. Mm -hmm. So how is your relationship with your dad versus your mom? I think it was like I thought a lot about this because ever since Maggie brought up the topic I was like kind of like thinking about it in the back of my head and I feel like when I was younger my dad and I were a lot more close because my mom worked all the time and it's kind of shitty because it's one of those things where like when women work more it's like oh they're losing that relationship with their child and I feel like that is what happened to me um, because my dad was usually home during the day and he would work at night. I would spend more time with him, like after school and stuff, like he would come pick me up at school and all those things. Um, so like as a child, me and my dad were like very close. Like we were like a unit, I guess. And like my mom was kind of on the outskirts. And then as I've grown older, um, I think particularly in like university and stuff, I've grown a lot closer to my mom, even though like she still works all the time. So I feel like maybe when I was younger, I was more like my father. But then as I've like grown older, I've seen more similarities between me and my mother, um, which is kind of interesting. And this is also why I don't see 
them as a unit. I see me and the parent as like me and a said parent as unit, but not them two together because my relationship with them have always been at separate times. And like, that's not saying like, oh, I didn't love one as much as the other, like during that time, it was just who I was closer with. So like my dad was always like the one who like, like took care of me after school, um, fed me and maybe like helped me with my homework, even though like he would yell at me. Um, when I was younger, but then, like, as I grown older, like, I would get more advice from my mom about, like, my career and everything, and, like, um, like, just in general, so, like, we would do more things together, and then I guess she also became more reliant on me, which wasn't amazing, because I don't know if that's a product of me growing older or just a product of us growing closer. That's my relationship with them in a nutshell. What about you? I feel like mine was the opposite or inverse. I don't know the right word for that. Like growing up, my dad was the one who always worked. I mean, my mom also worked because she had to take care of three kids and then also go help out my dad. My dad was just like constantly like 24-7 at the at our shop. So I didn't really see him a lot. And if I did, he was there to as like an authoritarian figure. So like we kind of scared, we were scared of him because if like something happened, he would be the one to like carry out my mom's like discipline. So we were like scared of my dad we weren't like that close with him. So anything we had, we'd go to my mom. And I think that's how Vietnamese parents preferred it. I don't know about that, but yeah, I just like was scared to talk to my dad and I just didn't want to be left alone with him. I didn't want him to like yell at me or something. Um, and over the years, I feel like that has really like built the foundation of how my relationship with my parents is because my dad, like he is a very problematic person, but I still continue to try to reach out, but I'm still like, there's always like a wall between us. Like we can't, like maybe it's a language barrier or something, but I still can never seem to like see eye to eye with my dad. Um, and my mom, uh, yeah, we've gotten closer. We definitely are closer compared to my brother's relationship, I guess. But, um, has that changed from when I was a child? I think it has. I think I we have a better relationship now, but it is still, it's still good. I think it's good. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's a good relationship. Yeah, my father is flawed too. Oh, like flawed in different ways than my mother is. I think both my parents are flawed in their own ways. Um, my dad's flaws just cause more consequences to others. Oh yeah, same with my dad. Oh, okay. What is it like having a good dad? Because like, like when I look at all my friends too, their dads also have like very big flaws that are like bad. Like, yes, they, they love and care for their kid, but it's like that one flaw that I just like can't get out of my head. I'm like, oh my God, who could live like with a person like this? Mm-hmm. Um, that is like, that's, I think that's what it is. I think it's like, I know my dad loves me. I know he, he expresses love in a different way, but I also, there's a lot of fundamental flaws where it's just like, I can't almost overlook them sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're very like impactful on our relationship, at least from my end. I don't think so as much from his end. Um, and maybe this is why I always cry when like, there's like good father bonding moments in shows. Yeah, me too. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, damn. The daddy issues come out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, 
weird because like in my formative years like he was around he was like my main like parental figure so it's like it's weird that it's like what am i suppressing yeah the loss of that relationship yeah maybe i do feel like it doesn't take and correct me if i'm wrong but i think it doesn't take a lot to be a good dad because your mom is the one, like moms are just expected to do like everything and dads are just expected to care for you, be there and try not to do shitty things. That's how I see it anyways, that the responsibility always relies on the mom, not necessarily the dad. Yeah, I think there's like some things where it's just like a dad teaches you things versus like a mom kind of thing. Like stereotypically, if you think about it, like my dad was the one who taught me how to ride a bike because like my mom was like too scared that I might hurt myself. Um, my dad was probably like the one who taught me how to swim, mostly because my mom doesn't know how to swim. So like I think like a lot of like more athletic things were things like, oh, my dad taught me how to drive. Thank God my mom did not teach me. She is a terrible driver. Um like there's i don't know there's just things that like i feel stereotypically that is portrayed in movies and stuff that also happened in my childhood where my dad taught me these things um versus like what my mom taught me you had brother yeah i don't think my dad taught me anything Did your older brother teach you how to drive no that was my mom oh, okay hugh was like terrifying to be next to because he yells <laughs> and he freaks out about like every little thing yeah um i was sweating a lot um, when my dad was teaching me how to drive. Mm. I made a lot of silly mistakes with Hugh that I didn't make with my mom, so. I think when you feel like you're under pressure um, and you're being scrutinized, you're more likely to make, like, silly mistakes. Yeah. That's just life. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. You're a great driver now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there was any trauma or any kind of lasting effect that your parents had on you that you would potentially carry down to your future kids oh the uh controlling parent thing um but it's very like in a different way like i think my parents were controlling the what like i had to do in things and that's not what i feel like i'd be controlling about i feel like i'd be controlling in other ways mm okay caveat so when i was like i think i've told this story before but when i was younger my dad had to teach me many times about how to wash dishes properly um so he would like watch me as i was washing dishes and criticize what i was doing until i did it in a way that he was happy with um so i hated that as a child but now seeing how some people wash dishes i'm like holy shit I'm going to teach my children how to wash dishes properly. And I'm probably going to do the exact same thing that he did to me. Um, because nowadays, he doesn't wash dishes like he used to. And I'm very angry at it. And I don't like it. You're going to parent your parent. <laughs> I do it a lot. But anyways, like, so, like, controlling in that way. Like, I'm going to teach you how to do things, like, properly. Um, and also controlling the way of, like... I, I don't know how yet, but I know it's going to come out. I'll just say that I tried to also be a controlling person to my younger brother because my parents weren't around. And at that age, Hugh was like kind of off to university. So then it was on me um, and I would try to control him. And it backfired a lot, maybe because of his lack of respect for someone who is two years older. And that one joke where it's like when you leave like the older kid alone with like the younger kid and it's like a horse watching a dog. Um, but I think, yeah, my younger brother was just like, 
whenever I reminded him to do something, he was like, just because of that, I'm not going to do it anymore. Or like, you say it too many times and he just, his instinct is just to say no. He'll do it eventually, but he'll just say, no, I'm not going to do that. Or like, he'll just talk back to the point where now he talks back to my mom about every single thing. So you can only be so controlling before they rebel, but maybe that's just my brother. Have you ever thought that, like, maybe you being the parental figure in his life um, kind of made him the way that he is today? Yeah, I thought about that a lot. Because he had so many, like, authoritarian figures. That's why he's, like, the youngest. And he's like, man, everyone tries to tell me what to do. I need to talk back. Mm, Truly. And I used to, like, criticize my mom so much about parenting my younger brother because it seemed like she just gave up on him. Not gave up, but she, like, was very lenient with him. Stuff that, like, I couldn't get away with she was letting him and I was like you would never let me do this like I can't believe you let him do this and like that kind of thing and now whenever he acts out to her and she complains and I'm like this is because you had another son you could have prevented all of this I mean it's not even like preventing all of this she just kind of like this is what always happens with the youngest son like with the youngest son it's always like you kind of just like you're a lot more lenient on them even like the younger sibling like i'm sure he would say there are so many things that maggie has done that Mm -hmm. she got away with that i couldn't get away with so with each generation the care dies a little bit and like your youngest brother just got like the very end of it because Mm -hmm. your mom stopped having kids so maybe yeah he will say things like like you mom let you like move out or things like whoa like nick can stay over like at the house and then my comeback is well you got your girlfriend pregnant at like 24 so like you got away with a lot (laughs) that is also fair (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so that's like interesting uh don't have more than one kid I did have a conversation with like a former coworker where he was like, yeah, I kind of don't want any more kids. I just want to focus all my efforts into making this the perfect kid. And like, I love him so much. I don't see myself like having another kid and bringing it into the picture. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. But also like, you know, youngest or only children sometimes are like kind of weird. How dare you? Not that you, but I think in general, only children. I think it's because they got the love of both parents and their parents did not have to spread out their love for another child. I think the most children that you should have is two because mm. that each one of them can have a favorite. And then that way you don't like lose out on really any love because at least you're somebody's favorite. Once you have three. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I felt like growing up, I did really have to like fight to be a favorite. Like he was always my dad's favorite. And then my younger brother is always my mom's favorite. And I was like, dang it. What about me? That takes a toll on you. But I never had to fight to be my parents' favorite. That was the one thing I never had to fight for. It was I just knew that my favorite, like I was their favorite because I was their only one. I fought against wanting a sibling, though. I was like (laughs) really (laughs) anti-sibling. Yeah, I can totally see why. But sometimes it's nice to have a fellow coworker who also um, talks shit about your boss with you, aka your parents. Yeah, I sometimes do wonder. It's like if I did have like an older sibling, if they would take the majority of my mom's like, uh, not issues, but like would help take some of the stress away, I guess, that my mother thrusts upon me. What if they're just not responsible? So it's and then it's just like, then there's no point. Then it makes me feel worse because it's like now I have two people's problems that I have to now think about. 
because then my mom is going to be like, oh, well, the, your older sibling didn't do this and this and this. And then it's just, like, that's just more complaining for me. Now she just only complains about my father. So I do feel like now that my younger brother is growing up and he's going through his like fair amount of like life obstacles, that's like in my mom's head. And like, it's all like she thinks about, it's all she talks about. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to hear this anymore. So I get it. Yeah. Okay. So there was like a thing that I saw that was like boomer mothers who uh did not like marry like a husband that they feel is like uh that was always there or something or like they're a very problematic husband who thrust all their like responsibilities and issues and something into their child essentially making their child usually their son into like a makeshift husband i agree with that you think hugh felt that way yeah i think hugh definitely felt the burden of the whole family <laughs> because like he was expected to not only go to school full-time because he was in high school or middle school or whatever he also had to take care of like two younger children like he couldn't go anywhere without us um and if like we went on vacation somewhere Hugh had to be the one to stay behind and work like that kind of stuff so yeah he definitely had his fair share of uh generational trauma that he will pass down to his children have you ever, like, thanked him or, like, talked about this kind of with him about, like, how much you appreciate him? No, because that sounds awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and that will get passed out to your children. <laughs> mm, yeah. Talking about feelings with your family is gross. Oh, my God. Yeah. The only feelings you can talk about is anger. Yes. Um... And it sucks because I do really appreciate him. Um, but I find it more difficult to talk to him the older I get. Because if I try to say something, he'll try to spin it back on himself. So. What does that mean? Like, you, you'd be like, thank you for all your help in my formative years. Ew. I, ew. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, what would he say to that? Like, he was yeah, like, I yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like a very awkward conversation to have. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. I approach all awkward conversations with um, sarcasm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think me and Hugh have a closer relationship than he does with the rest of our family, which is kind of unfortunate, but yeah. If you could rank the closeness of your family members, like who would you, like what would your ranking be? Like my point of view? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know if that's really fair because they're, it's like MySpace top five thing. Like, yeah, who's your top five? About, like, <laughs> my brothers, like, change over time. Oh, okay. So sometimes, like, your brother, like, Nick will be above Q and then sometimes he, like, he would, mm, Nick will yeah. be, yeah. Okay. Fortunately, my mom is always at the top and my dad's always at the bottom. Sadie. Yeah. I mean, he's also not really around, so I can't really blame you for that either yeah but like i i understand like why like why it had to be the way that it did because like they were both came to a whole new country didn't know the language in their like late 30s um and he was just really trying to provide for his family and that was just like his mission to get him through the day like this is why he had to wake up so early this is why he had to work so late like he really wanted to provide for us which i appreciate too um, it just sucks that there was obviously going to be, like, some consequences to that. 
The thing with my mom too, yelling at everything was to make us better. Did she really have to yell all the time? I don't know. But you know, like her focus and to this day, as much as she beefs with like my brothers, it's always to provide for them, to do everything she can. She would give her organs to them. Yeah, I mean, we did ask your mom whether or not she'd help like Nikki hide a body. She said yes. Mm-hmm. Or support you guys if you're on trial for murder. She is truly ride or die. Yeah. And I think like, I think same with my mom. Um, is there anything that you wished that your parents did that could potentially have helped your relationship with them? I do wish we talked more about our feelings. Like, just talked about stuff growing up. Because now I feel awkward telling them anything important. Not important. Anything too mushy or sad. And now I only want to tell them funny things. (laughs) How about you? Yeah. A part of me is like, yes, I wish that. But also part of me is like, ew, awkward. No. Um. But, like, so I remember I was going on my eighth grade, like, trip to, like, Ottawa um, slash Montreal or something. And my dad, like, wrote me. And, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. One sec. Oh. (laughs) I don't know why. This memory always makes me cry for some reason. Oh, my God. There's no tissue box. Okay. So I'm going to get it out as fast as I can. My dad sent me a note that was like, I love you. I hope you stay safe on this trip because it was very early in the morning. So he wasn't going to get up before I get there, like before I leave and stuff. And like, I think someone was either picking me up or my mom was like driving me or something. Um, But yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And I like took that note and I like cried over it for like 10, 15 minutes. But I was like, oh my God, I need to get myself together to leave and stuff. But like, that was the only time he's ever told me he loved me like in words and stuff. And now never to talk about that again. (laughs) <laughs> I'm never going to talk about that again because every time I think about that memory it makes me cry and that's how little we talk about our feelings in this family <laughs> see I'm an empath <laughs> truly yeah um yeah so I do wish it happened because then I wouldn't have situations like this and like we've kind of talked about it before with like Jordan and how like him and his mom like every even when Jordan leaves for like a short trip or something like he's gone for like a couple of days or like he's gone to just like go pick something up or something like his mom will sometimes just be like oh I love you like love you and like they'll just like she'll hug him and everything and like it's just very like a emotional kind of um they talk about like their feelings a lot and so he is a big like I love you person like he like he doesn't just like I kind of say it but he does like express his feelings a lot I guess more so in that way than like I can kind of thing um and I think that is because of part of like his upbringing with his mom being saying like I love you so much why am I crying so hard I had to like zoom through that because I would start like bawling if I like if that it took so long to like say things. Um, I think the other thing that would really help my relationship with my mom, like two things, like the first thing would probably be like if she kind of stopped projecting like all her like worries and stuff like onto me um, and like 
kind of talking about the things that I'm not doing well kind of thing. Like I need to find a job, but then she'll always talk about how long I haven't been employed and stuff and how she's so concerned about that. And it's like, I don't need you to do this. Like, it's like only stressing me out more by you asking me like, so when are you going to get a job? When are you going to do this? Like I'm doing all these things and you should know this. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the other thing is I wish my, my dad was more able to be there for my mom because I think if my dad was more there for her she would not project a lot of the things onto me she could discuss those things with him get his help on like I wish he was more useful to her you know like I wish she could help solve some of his problems so then they didn't all fall onto me which strains my relationship with her when they think too much about my parents it makes me sad yeah um Oh, so I guess like kind of a funny story, but a little bit morbid. But um, so we were driving to Lowe's the other day, me and my mom, and she was like something, something like after I die or something, something like um, I'll give like all my money to you or something. And I was like talking about it, like just very casually about her death and stuff. And she was like, oh, you're talking so casually about me dying when you were four years old. I told you that I was going to die and you started crying for like an hour and I was like, what the fuck, mom? Like, why would you tell me that you were going to die And when I was four years old? And she's like, I didn't think you to comprehend what dying meant, but you did. And I was very shocked. What the heck? Yeah, I was like, mom, that is traumatizing. Why on earth did you do that? And she's like, I didn't think you knew. I didn't think you knew what dying meant. And I was like, that's fucked up, mom. Yeah, my dad likes talking about that for some reason, too. He always, like, to get our attention, he'll, like, talk about how he's, like, on his deathbed or, like, he's gonna die soon. And, like, I think he wants us to, like, be more emotional and be there more for him. But we're just kind of like, okay, okay. <laughs> See, this is just the consequences of his own actions. Yeah. He surprised Pikachu face when I'm just like, okay. <laughs> but also him when you're younger expressing emotion okay exactly. <laughs> i guess final thoughts about your parents and your relationship with them i hope they find happiness i hope i don't pass down any of their stuff onto my kids i hope that i find a brand new set of things to pass down to my children um side note my divorced parents my dad recently added my mom on facebook which i think is really funny my mom has not accepted his friend request she sent a screenshot to me last night and was like, haha, what is this? <laughs> your mom is truly living her best life. If only your youngest brother was less of a handful, your mom would truly be living her best life. Yeah, I kind of want her to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about you? Any last thoughts, questions, remarks? Um, on the bright side, ever since selling the store, my mom has been a lot happier. And she's like, look at all my free time. Wow. But <laughs> it has opened her up to like more like instead of the store always being at the top of her mind and anything like going on with the business and stuff, she has now gone to like thinking about everything else as the end of the world. So like minor or minor slash major issues that come up and she's like, oh, no, this is big issue now. So. So a lot of emotions on this podcast. You are welcome. Um, Thanks. I think. <laughs> not like not, not like you are welcome. Like you, Maggie, are welcome for all, like the emotions. I mean, like you, the viewers, are welcome. But again, it, I guess it's the same 
don't it's the same thing it's not okay anyways thanks for tuning in to another episode uh go like us on the crumbling social medias of twitter instagram and tiktok which is actually i think on the rise now because twitter is imploding go like us and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts and on youtube and join us next thursday for another episode of apologetically me bye